I didn't follow my own advice. We talk all the time. When you can't do something yourself, you call the experts. And I didn't do it. I got up on the ladder and I had this just insane confidence. And I'm up and down on the ladder. I'm going up and down, up and down, over and over and over again, just confident. And then all of a sudden I'm reach, I'm trimming trees and I'm reaching for that last branch, literally the last branch. And guess what? I, I won't say I fell off the ladder because that's not what happened. The ladder threw me off it. I'd been up about 15 feet. I'm thrown off the ladder and I get fall on the ground, on the ladder, and I look at my wrist, and it's mangled, it's deformed, it's in different pieces. Hey, let's build it on Radio.com with Corey Heppola and from Lindus Construction, Andy Lindus. Thank goodness my wife was there. She was able to kind of get me to the emergency room as my wrist was in, just in a lot of pain. The thing was, too, it was 95 degrees out, Andy. So my wrist is in, basically, it was dif- it was um, dislocated and it was broken. And I was just kind of holding on to it. And I was in a lot of pain, but it was, it was kind of like more, I was an idiot. That was kind of what was going over me. It was like, man, I am an idiot. I should not have done this. And I've ruined the entire weekend. But I knew that I had to get the emergency room. My wife... And, and it was so hot. And she was like, man, you're going to pass out. I almost passed out from the pain and the shock. But she got me to the emergency room. And then I had to take a number, wait for my turn. But I got in there and I had a broken wrist and, and I'm healing now. Um, let me ask you, did you feel the pain before you saw the de- deformity? Or was it, did you look at your wrist and not feel pain yet? Just saw that it was out of whack? That's a good question. I, I remember falling and somebody asked me, well, okay, did, did it go in slow motion? I'm like, not really. It went pretty quick. I knew, I knew I was on my way down, and I knew that I was going to be in pain. And I got down, and, and thank goodness it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a, a head injury, it could, you know, a number of different things. It was just my left wrist, so it's not even my, the, my you know, power wrist. So, but I knew like I could see that it was like getting thicker right away, like it was swelling up, and I could also see that, okay, that's not supposed to be like that. And uh, I knew right away that it was broken. The way you were describing that, you were getting confidence going up and down the ladder, up and down the ladder. What, what I know is that the majority of accidents that happen in my industry due to falls off of ladders happen under four feet. Why? Because we don't take as much time when we're up that high. It's not as scary. We, we're pretty confident. So those, those types of falls can still result in serious injury. You're lucky to escape with, with just a wrist and and trimming trees is, is, is something kind of near and dear to my heart. I do it on a regular basis. And um, I don't know if I've ever told you this story before, Corey, but one of, my, one of my first memories is going outside to see if my father wanted a Popsicle. And I came across him lying on the ground. And he told me to go get my mother and have him call 911. The chainsaw was still stuck up in the tree from where he mm. fell. Um, the doctors actually didn't know if he was going to walk again. Ended up breaking his back in three places. And... Uh, was in hospital for a few months, but uh, he still has a big old like permanent bruise on his back where that happened, and that's some scary stuff when uh, when when those falls happen. Like you said, there's no time to think; it just it's it happens. There's no reaction. Well, what is it about ladders and and us getting up them and feeling like ah, it's not going to happen to me? Because that's the way I felt, Andy. I felt like, well, look, you know, I'm I'm 38. I'm uh, you know, I was into sports. I'm I'm staying in good shape. I just I really never thought it would happen to me. 
Well, um, it, it seems like a simple enough thing. And what we don't take into consideration is the landscaping that we're setting ladders up on. Many ladders I've set up and thought they were sturdy. And I'm getting about halfway up and one leg of the ladder sinks into the ground a little bit more. Now you're Kitty Wampus and the younger me would be like, jump on the one side and try to get it to go down and in. But uh, the older I get, the, the it seems the wiser I am. I'm that happens to me now. It's a come down, reset up the ladder, and I'm going to think things through. Um, you know, we just uh, we don't do it on a regular basis. And we don't ever think it's going to happen to us, but uh, statistics tell us anywhere from 8 to 10 million emergency room visits a year from falling in and around the home, and, and ladders are a big part of that. And it's uh, You just need to take our time and, and have the right amount of fear. Of yeah. Well, and you get up. You know, you get up on ladders all the time. Have you ever had an, an accident yourself? Oh, yeah. Um, luckily, um, no serious injuries. Uh, the biggest injury I've ever gotten is uh, third-degree burns on my leg from the knee down. Um, what people don't think about a lot is getting up on your roof. A lot of times, those shingles or cedar shakes or where the surface may be, isn't very stable. Cedar shakes are notoriously slippery, especially if there's moss on them. They can give away at any time. And think of the cartoon where the guy drops uh, the marbles behind him for the person chasing him. That same thing seems to happen on older asphalt roofs. Those granules are, aren't very stable and they can give away. And that's what happened to me. I was up at the peak and I slid all the way down. Luckily, I was able to catch myself on a valley and a gutter. And then to go all the way down to the ground, but um, still resulted in going to the emergency room and I thought I was going to have to have a skin graft. It was, it was, it was bad, and still I get sunburnt in that area of my body much faster than than anywhere else. Um, every year I hear about horror stories, though, whether it's from customers falling off of ladders, um, other people in my industry falling off ladders. I was telling you before, I'm I'm very thankful I've never knocked on wood, had to have a real serious injury with any of my workers, but. Man, we have a full-time safety director. We're talking about this all of the time. Um, we're, we're dealing with a, a, a pretty young group of people getting up and down ladders on a regular basis, and sometimes it's their first job. So safety training and things of that nature are something we talk about daily. Yeah. Moral of the story, um, we talk all the time about calling the experts. Uh -huh. call, call the experts. That's, that's the moral of the story. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, it's ladders, if you're not up on them on a regular basis, uh, should be used sparingly. And here's what I always tell people. Three points of contact. If you can have three points of contact and make sure that your base is stable, you're usually going to be okay. What that means is two hands, one foot, two feet, one hand. So only one hand is going up and don't ever go past the second highest rung. That's where bad things happen, and that's where you're the most unstable. Yeah. I, believe me, I've, I've stood on the top of, of way too many stepladders, and it's never once been a good idea. It's always been speed or laziness of setting up the right scaffolding that, that uh, gets me in trouble. Yeah, well, this is going to cost me way more than it would have to, to call an expert. Um, yeah. but, but, you know, we talked about ladder accidents. I know that uh, I'm not the only one. Also, I know that it's not the only project that seems unassuming that you can get hurt at. Andy, give us your top three DIY projects that can put you at risk without realizing it. <laughs> 
Hey, here's what's trending. Um, well, the, the first thing that comes to mind is electrical work. If you're not comfortable around electricity, don't tackle it. No matter what YouTube tells you to do, no matter what you're reading online, um, if you haven't done it before, I would at least get somebody that has involved in that type of project. One, um, you can hurt yourself doing it. Two, if you do it wrong, you might be putting your house at risk. Uh, a bad wiring and electrical is still like three or number four on the list for what causes house fires on a regular basis. A lot of that is due to shoddy work. It's not usually the equipment that's failing that's causing those fires. It's because it was installed wrong or wired wrong or somebody crossed something or there's, there's, there's a litany of things that can go wrong there. And if, if you haven't done it before, don't. And I'm in this industry and it's pretty rare that I'm doing my own electrical work, you know, basic, you know, switches and outlets and, and fixtures. Yes. But wiring things and hooking things up to any type of breaker box. I leave that uh, to people that know a lot more about it than I do. Okay. So that's one. We're talking top three DIY projects that can put you at risk without realizing it. Electrical work, number one. Um, what about chemicals, mixing chemicals? Yeah. You know, um, I remember when I was a kid, I was using a paint remover and, you know, I bought this old toolbox I was going to put on this pickup truck I had and I'm in my dad's garage, the doors closed and I got the, the, the paint thinner going in there and I'm scraping away and I stood up and my dad looked at me and he said, my eyes rolled back in my head and I, I fell, hit my head. Mm. Luckily it wasn't, wasn't bad, but Next thing I know, I, I wake up, my dad's picking me up and he wants me to go and, and take a shower. It's not only about what you, what you inhale, that stuff can get on your skin. It can, a lot of bad things can happen from it. So any, anytime you're dealing with any type of chemicals, make sure you're reading the labels. You make sure you have a well-ventilated area. You know, the painted basement floors aren't all that uncommon, unfortunately. And, and the chemicals to remove that paint, to do any other type of work in there, sometimes can can be very harmful to breathe. So if you're not ventilating your space, I would at least do that and read the directions on all chemicals you use. Okay, so electrical work, uh, mixing, and we talked about the senses there. Uh, what about our hearing? Do, you know, is there anything to, to watch out there? Um, for sure. If, um, if, if, if somebody at Linus Construction it's written up for a safety violation. It's almost always hearing protection. And, and what people don't understand is that it's not like, it doesn't seem like it's immediate. It can be. Um, and when you're in an enclosed space and just even running a vacuum cleaner or a sander, or any type of power tool, there's, there's apps on your phone that you can get that's going to tell you what's a safe hearing, what's, what's not safe. And if you're running a power tool, you should be wearing hearing protection. And and younger Andy really wishes he would have listened to that advice because over the years of cutting aluminum and running power tools, I have 60% loss of hearing in one ear, 30% mm. loss of hearing in the other ear. So um, hearing aids are going to be in my future when, when I hit my 50s more than likely. And it's just the way it is. And, and if I would have worn the protection, it's not that hard there and it's cheap. It's an easy thing to do to protect yourself. It's just something we don't think about just because we don't run tools every day. Well, and this brings us back to the original point too of, of feeling invincible. When you're young, you feel like, oh, come on. Like, I'm not going to need hearing aids. I don't need, I can hear fine. Uh, same thing with a ladder. I'm young. Doesn't matter. I can get up on the ladder. This is a ladder. But a lot of these things come when you're, and it's hard to convince a 20-year-old or a 22-year-old or a 25-year-old that, hey, um, 
by the way, that, no, 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 we're, we're really here for you. We're trying to help you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and once they realize that though, it seems like they, they, they get buy-in there's, there's things you can do on a job site. And, and one of the things that we've, over the last couple of years, our safety director has tried to explain to our, any type of incoming worker that we have is this thing. You're a 20 year old kid coming either out of a tech school or even a 18 year old kid right out of high school. Our brains aren't completely developed there. We yeah. aren't exactly our fear center our the, the healthy fear we should have a four stories up isn't quite there. I, I, I can think back, you know, I, I was running a gutter crew at 21 years old. And I remember I'm four stories up. I put a plank out over the top of a ladder jack. If you don't know what a ladder jack is, it's a it's a piece of it's aluminum that hooks on a on a on a ladder that you can put an aluminum plank on. And typically, there's two of them, and they're balanced between two ladders. Well, this particular house was. I can only think that the architect decided to design it to make my life as miserable as possible. <laughs> um, but I had to extend this plank ten feet past that one ladder jack and ask my partner to stand on one side and and be the counterweight for me to go again i'm three and a half stories up over the top there and and i, I walked out no safety harness no nothing and, and just never thought anything of it and i'm sitting there drilling and the homeowner peeks outside and asks if we're insured and that's and then kind of a light bulb went off i looked down and i'm like yes ma'am we're insured but i sure hope we don't need it today because no kidding right now it, yeah it's not going to be pretty no kidding. I was actually, and it wouldn't have been something I would have done when I was 25, but uh, we were power washing the garage and I did put on some headphones, you know, or, or silencers on my ears so that I wouldn't, it, you know, just take that in all afternoon as we were power washing. And, you know, I was power washing um, a little bit on the siding too, because it's gotten dirty and trying to take care and do that the right way and not do it too much. Um, but it kind of got me thinking about siding. Hey, here's health. Now our siding's relatively new. Our house was built at the end of 2014, so it's not even six years old yet. But I was wondering about windows too, as I'm looking at the windows, and we haven't even really washed the windows. Our windows are in good shape, but at what point do you need new windows and new siding? Like when, when you know, when would you need these to be updated? Boy, you know, one would hope that. Your setting and windows would last 25 to 35 years on a brand new home. Um, my experience tells me that uh, about 30% of the houses that I work on were built uh, in 2005 or newer. So that tells me that either they want upgrades or sometimes just uh, builder grade materials are used and they just don't last very long. It really is going to depend on, on the type of house that, that it is, but typically, 25 years should be about what the lifespan is on, on new construction siding and windows, depending on the materials used. Okay, so 25 years, but I mean, you, you've been doing them on 15-year-old houses too. Oh, um, five years old. Five years old, sure. Yeah. If you're going to replace your siding, is that like, would you do that at the same time as your windows? I mean, would you suggest that? Um, if you're looking at replacing both of them. For sure. And a lot of times when we're doing siding projects, we're asking, we want to ask that question because if they're thinking about replacing the windows a few years down the road or 10 years down the road, or we notice that the windows are in disrepair and need to be replaced as well, we're going to have that conversation because a lot of things that you can do with air infiltration and water infiltration when you're doing the siding, 90% of the windows that I install are going to be full frame installation. And that's, that's not very typical um, around the country. 
uh, to be honest with you, most windows getting installed are what we call pocket installation. What that means is take your existing frame. So you have your sash. That's the moving operating part of the window. So say like a, a casement window. You have uh, casements or double hungs in your house, Corey? I have no idea. Um, casements, <laughs> are, casements are like the crank. <laughs> I really Both don't. Go up and down. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, side to side. Side to side. So the, the part that yeah, moves, side to side. remove those sashes. And no, wait. I might have two. I may have them both. Could you have both? Oh, but sometimes there's all like four different. There's awnings, casements, sliders, uh, double hungs. You might have all five types in your house. Because I'm in the basement when, I, when we do this, and I see side to side here. But I know that upstairs we have up and down. Yeah. So the, the parts that move up and down or side to side, that's the sash. A lot of times they just remove those and then they put a new window inside that old frame. So you're losing like an inch and a half of glass space and you're doing nothing to address your air infiltration or water, water infiltration, what might be the main problem that the windows have in the first place. So I always tell people if you have to choose between the two projects, do the windows first, splurge for the full frame installation. We can do a bigger trim around the siding. And then do the siding later if you can if you can wait on the siding. Okay, and I, and I suppose like you know if you this could be like a two or three year plan, right? If you don't want to pay for it all at once, you could do it on a two or three year plan or something. Yeah, I have lots of customers that we we phase their project in, and and today with with interest rates being what they are, and like I have like six different banks that we work with, uh, we can usually come up with payment plans to to maybe do the whole project at once and, and let them pay it off in installments as well. So we'll work with customers uh, no matter what, but it's, it's not uncommon that, especially window jobs, that I'm out there the fifth time putting the last window or door in. Hey, here's a pointer. All right. I, I love hand-me-down tools. I mean, I, I have a vice that's hand-me-down. I have tools from my grandfather that are hand-me-down. I have tools from my grandfather that are in my son's kits that I've sent them off to college with that I, I know they're using and they're going to take care of. The one thing that should never be third-generation used, typically, is a ladder. I've seen some duct tape pieced together, wooden fiberglass broken, uh, old broom handle puts it put in for steps or steps missing in ladders. Um, it's just not a good idea for, for what a good quality ladder costs, anywhere from $250 to $500. It's going to be marketably less than a trip to an emergency room or getting injured in any way and having to miss work and it's just a, it's a smarter move. Old ladders typically don't get the job done. If you should see what we um, cut in half on a regular basis to make sure no one uses anymore. I mean, that's what we have to do. We, we cut them in half to make sure they don't get used and get them, get them thrown away and recycled just because, you know, they wear out over time. It's just not, not smart. Get a new ladder. Take it from me. It is not worth it. Be careful. I've got, I think I got screws and metal that will stay in me for the rest of my life in this left wrist. But I, I feel like, you know what, Andy, I feel kind of like a tough guy now. I feel like I belong. Like I needed an injury to like say, yeah, look at this guy. Yeah. You know what? The good news is you're going to be able to tell the weather what's happening a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that metal in my knee seems to act up when the weather. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. New career. Meteorologist. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. 